Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm muted. We're live, everybody. Welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. I am Mike Heck. That is my best friend, Alexander K. Lee. And we are back with the matchmaking crowns on following an incredible UFC 290 event last night at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. The card delivered in spades. I look a little dark because of lighting in here. And I don't even care, baby, because that card was incredible. My best friend... What a card it was. You gave a gymnastic scale of 9.0. And normally, we don't, it's either it hits or it exceeds. This one had to have exceeded the 9.0, right? Like for the first time since maybe we've introduced the gymnastic scale, I think we exceeded 9.0. I think the level of difficulty, I think the UFC, you know, rocket shipped over that 9.0. Did they not? You know, it means that the gymnastics score was wrong. I, I I admit it was wrong because technically you can't, you know, the way gymnastics works, you can't go over the score. So this just means, uh, you know, uh, didn't didn't gauge it right. Didn't gauge it right. This was much better than nine point on paper. I probably wrongly clustered it together with some of the mediocre fight cards we've had recently. Look, I I uh, I, I I I've said it, it in the last I think month or so. Like the the scale's a bit weird. I think I overrated one card. Not overrated it, but was overly optimistic about one of these, you know, random UFC Apex cards. Uh, and then that's kind of thrown the whole thing off since then. So maybe uh, after I've had some time off, we'll we'll mention we'll tease that later. Got a little uh vacay coming up. Uh maybe the scale, you know, I could take that time to do some research and fix the scale because yes, this should have been higher than a 9.0 on paper. Uh, this this was if a if everything went right, which pretty much everything did. This was much closer to, to like a nine point six nine point seven degree of difficulty. I really should have raised the degree of difficulty because 
the Jigas to play C fight, we'll talk about more of that, you know, we get to the matchmaking, is a perfect example of if everything goes right, awesome matchmaking by the UFC, and they've set up a grudge match with Izzy Adesanya. If everything goes wrong, if Whitaker just tuned him up for five rounds or something, then that's you know, then that 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 then that doesn't mean that the degree the degree of difficulty should be lower. It just means it didn't come close to hitting that degree of difficulty score. Uh, in this case, it did. My math was off. I was so wrong. Uh, should have been more optimistic. Should have been more uh, daring in what I thought that this card could deliver because it delivered in so many different ways. It was just a pleasure to watch from beginning to end. It was a, a fantastic card. It was amazing. And we're going to talk about this from a matchmaking perspective. I just want to throw this out there. I have like a half of a voice right now. This side of my throat is like, it's just swollen. And I can't even like really swallow on that side. I don't know if it's allergies or whatnot. So I'm literally just going to battle through this. And this will probably be like the last of my voice for the next 72 hours. So, but I'm here for all of you guys, as is my best friend, where I'm very little sleep. Let's get into this from a matchmaking perspective. This is how it's going to work. This will not be your typical show. This is the show right here on the right here on the YouTube channel. So as we're talking about fights, if you have suggestions, and I think a lot of this is kind of obvious, throw them in the chat, pull them up on the screen. At the very end, for about five to ten minutes, we'll just run through a gambit of your matchmaking ideas and selections and... AK and I will react to them until I have to get the hell out of here and check out of this hotel room. So let's start with the main event, AK. Alexander Volkanovsky just runs over Yaya Rodriguez. This fight was not really all that competitive. Yaya Rodriguez had a moment where he landed a couple of good shots, but this is the Alexander Volkanovsky show just proving he is at worst the second best fighter on planet Earth. Just destroys Yaya Rodriguez, finishes him in the third round, was able to get takedowns early, establishes dominance, establishes game plan. But now he's in a very interesting position, AK, because if you asked me this question on Friday of what would be next for Volkanovsky, I would have said, it's definitely Ilya Taporia, and there's nobody else. But now, Charles Oliveira may not be ready for October to fight Islam Makachev. There's a glaring opening right there. And Volkanovsky said after the fight, he's got to get a little surgery. It's not a major surgery and he could be ready to fight in October. So where are we going here? Did anything change for you since this week? Are we doing Volkanovsky Taporia? Are we doing Volkanovsky Makachev? What are we thinking? We're doing Volkanovsky Taporia. We're doing Volkanovsky Taporia. I loved, I loved Volkanovsky Makachev, the first fight. Before uh, this weekend, it was probably the fight of the year. Now it's maybe third behind two of the fights we just saw on Saturday. <laughs> but still, an, ama- an amazing fight, an, ama- an amazing high-level fight, and, and amazing in a different way. Like the 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 Turner Hooker uh, fight was amazing in its own way. The uh, Pantoja Moreno fight was amazing, amazing in its own way, and the Volkanovski Makachev fight, to- a totally different beast. Like it not doesn't quite have that wild energy of uh, of the Coleman on Saturday. But like a, just a technical masterpiece and a, a wonderful fight to watch. I've, I've rewatched it already. I had to for a uh, quote unquote robbery review, and uh, it was it was just really really uh, cool to see those two guys. But we don't need to see it again so soon. I hope they run it back someday. I hope they run it back someday. I think they can because I'm pretty confident that Volkanovski can run off another couple of title defenses. I'd like to see Islam run off a couple of title defenses. I I don't have an answer for what for what Islam should do now. 
if he uh, you know if he plans to fight in Abu Dhabi, which has been the plan probably since he won the Volkanovski fight, right? I'm sure his team was looking ahead to that. Um, but I don't have an answer to that. I really don't. I really don't. But I, if I'm the matchmakers, I just uh, well, I was gonna say that's a. I was gonna say, don't worry about it. No, that's a, that is a UFC matchmaker problem to worry about. That's not an on to the next one matchmaker problem to worry about, Mike. We can do whatever we want here. Islam, they got to find someone. Fine, but it'd be Topera for me has done enough. Could he do more? Could his resume look a little bit stronger, a little bit beefier? Sure. Are there guys above him in the rankings that you could logically match him up with to give him that that you know one more win? Yes. But I'm ready to see that fight now. I think Volkanovski should stay at 145. I'm like Shaheen Al Shadi. I'm so much more in favor of champions staying in the division, putting together dominant title runs, knocking off every possible challenger, uh, and that's what I want to see next. So uh, this is not a crystal ball pick because Volkanovski, Magachev too, very much in play. This is a magic wand. I, I want to see Tupuri Volkanovski and not the Volk uh, Islam rematch. Not yet. I mean, I'm not even gonna do friends forever. It's Volk Tupuria. End of the mm. year. No need to rush it. Um, I'm with you. I don't need to see the Islam fight. The Oliveira stuff kind of opened the door. I think it's honestly, I think it's up to Volk. I think if Volk wants that fight, he's going to get it. But it seems like he's more on the Taporia train. I think he wants to kind of beef up that resume a little bit more. I think the conversation for Featherweight Goat is getting a little closer now. Some people are, are like fully ready to say he's the greatest featherweight of all time. Others are saying, okay, the co- there's a conversation now. And others are saying one more win if he beats Saporia. Now we can have that conversation. Dude is just so good at fighting. So I think it's Saporia. I think the Islam Makachev's going to fight friggin' Michael Chandler, baby. I think that's the fight that's going to happen. Because who else is available, man? Like who else is available? I know Dustin and Justin are fighting in three weeks. Those two are going to beat the shit out of each other. I just don't see a world where either guy is able to turn back around in two and a half months. I don't see a world where Armin Sarukian gets the title shot. He's going to be like the highest ranked guy coming off of a vic- of a win that's available. And if this Conor McGregor fight ain't going down, the UFC loves Michael Chandler. See, this is – David, you're crazy. I'm telling you, it's bananas from a meritocracy perspective, but it is not bananas in this world we live in in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. This is a very strong possibility. And if Michael Chan, guess what? If Michael Chandler somehow, some way beats Islam Makachev, you know who's going to start selling Michael Chandler out of nowhere? Conor McGregor, because he ain't selling Michael Chandler at all. At all. He doesn't even acknowledge Michael Chandler's existence right now. Connor wants nothing to do with that fight. It's crazy. So I don't know. Hopefully this gets figured out, but it would just do not be surprised if Michael Chandler gets his title shot. That's yeah, all I'm saying. No one should be. No one should be surprised. No one should be surprised. He, he already got himself a vacant title shot. And what was, what was Chandler's third fight or something he, in the UFC? He's like, what, one and one or something? It was after the hooker knockout, right? Was his first or second? Oh, maybe it was his second. Yeah. I mean, look, he has he he obviously came in with the his first, excuse me. He got the uh, Dan Hooker. He beats Dan Hooker. It cuts a lengthy, well thought out promo and then fights for a vacant lightweight title. He's a master of pouncing on circumstance. He is a he's an opportunist. He's a company man. The UFC loves him. They love 
what he they love that he what he brings to the table. Uh, again, watch how much he's been showcased with Kelvin Fighter and doing post fight shows and everything. They want to put Michael Chandler in these situations, and like again, he's not their number one choice for the Makachev fight. But given that it's not Oliveira, given that Chandler McGregor, I think, is on ice for now, or no, it's on ice for now. I'm not listening to this December talk. It's it's super likely that's going to happen again. I, I have to look more and see what other options they have, but I, I no one should be surprised about Chandler for sure because that title fight. Yep. Now on the flip side, there's Jair Rodriguez who has worked so hard to get to this position, became the interim champion. Everybody was excited for this fight. They thought with the style Jair brings to the table, he could give Volkanovski fits. Did not happen. He's got to take a step back. I think it's going to be a long road for him to get back to a title shot, or at least as long as. Volkanovsky is king of this division. This is pretty easy for me. We do Yair Rodriguez versus Arnold Allen, AK. I think that's the fight to make. I feel like we're going to be on the same page. This is another kind of friends forever that should be a yeah. friends forever because it's easy. No real. Yeah. It's a little, okay. I thought so. A little too obvious. A little too obvious. Um, you, you, these guys are so high level. They're, this is what sucks when you kind of either get that title fight or if you're like Arnold Allen, you fall just short. You go on this huge run and you fall just short of, of earning that title fight is – you can't take that many steps back. So now it really is just facing other contenders. And this is how you win it with weird situations where you have like top six, top seven guys on two fight losing streaks, three fight losing streaks. And and that might be what happens to one of these guys, unfortunately, because the fight makes so much sense from a from a stature standpoint, name standpoint. It can headline a card, a, a fight night. If that's how UFC want to go with it, it can be a prominent fight on a pay-per-view. It's very, that's a, I think this is a magic wand pick. This is a crystal ball pick. I think the matchmakers have to be eyeing it. Uh, if you're Arnold, Arnold Allen, definitely fight you want. You beat Yair, you're right back in there. Yair probably don't get an immediate title shot right away, but it puts you one more fight. Fight uh, one fight away, keeps his name in the mix. Who knows what happens at the top? Volkanovski makes a permanent move up to lightweight, vacates the title. You know, Yair's right back in there. So, yeah, I hate to see either guy take another loss or go on a, what would it be, you know, a, technically a losing streak, um, assuming it doesn't end a draw. But uh, this is, again, this is what it's like when you're at the top of the UFC. You're c- cashing big checks and just facing nothing but big names. Saw some other suggestions that I don't dislike at all. Uh, Yair versus Calvin Cater is a fight I think we have to see at some point. And someone's also suggested um, doing Yair versus Aljamain Sterling. Should Aljamain Sterling make the move up to 145? Don't dislike that idea either. So, But I honestly feel like if Aljamain makes the move up, they are going to make life very, very difficult for Aljo. As difficult as humanly possible without giving him a title shot. Whether that's Yair or somebody else, I don't know. But both are interesting ideas. Let's go to the new UFC lightweight champ or flyweight champion of the world. Excuse me, Alexander Pantoja, AK. What a friggin' fight between him and Brandon Moreno. Third time they met. We knew it was going to be a war. This thing delivered in spades is actually better than I could have possibly expected this fight to be. In the end, Pantoja is a freaking zombie. You can't hurt the man. It's impossible to hurt the man. Moreno tried, gave it everything he could. But in the end, two of the judges got it right. One judge got it completely wrong. 49-46 Moreno is just an egregious scorecard. It is I disagree. absolutely egregious. You how do you how I have to know if you scored 48 okay go ahead I went 48 47 Moreno I don't think 49 46 is crazy I don't think it's crazy I I honestly don't it's not it's not the best card I didn't think it was crazy uh I would have gone 48 47 because I gave Pantoja the last and I gave him the 
which was the other one was i have to look at my school my last i thought one, one was clear pantosia five was two five was, was moreno and five sure. pantosia that's how i scored it right 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 okay i think I those went, are the I only have... clear rounds three and four maybe I look at this oh, okay I also gave Pantoja round one. It was close. I gave Moreno two and three, two, three, and four. And then I gave Pantoja five. Um, I think the I think what's 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 confusing about it is, you know, again, we see that we see the back control, and I think we assume every round that he had, but I again I was watching really closely to see how much damage he was doing. And yes, the two rounds where Pantoja got back control were similar. But I do think he was a little more effective and and a little more, I guess, controlling in one of them than the other. Again, I don't I don't blame. I, I'm fine with the decision. I, I tweeted this before it even happened. I was like, Pantoja's decision would not surprise me. I think Pantoja did more than enough to win the fight. Um, but I think a lot of the exchanges were much more on uh, the feet were much more in Moreno's favor. Both guys were landing. I mean, Pantoja was landing some killer shots. That uppercut was there all day, throwing in good body shots. I just gave. I just thought Moreno was a little better in the striking, and I just would have liked to seen a little more. Um, I guess a little more dam, uh, not damage, a little more I- impact, a little more like, because uh, Moreno's defense when even when Pantoja had his back was really really good. He actually prevented himself from being in danger a lot. Um, and Jed and I joke all the time, like, how can you not, how can you not give a guy around where he has any sort of significant back control? Because it's the most dominant position you can get in MMA. Like you, there's no super back control. That's that's the joke we always make is when. We brought it up with the Makachev fight. We're like, how could you not score that fight for Makachev? Because he had back control for a lot. And it's like, what, what else was Makachev supposed to do? Um, but I th- And even though I scored that one for Makachev, I, I do see the argument uh, people were making there. was kind of like, you still have to do something with that position. You still have to do something. It sucks. It's, it's not fair. I think, I think the though the rules do tell the judges to, of course, give credit to effective grappling. Effective grappling is very important. The emphasis is still on impact, is still on what's like, what has a greater um, immediate effect on ending a fight. And that's always going to be detrimental to grapplers, unfortunately. That sucks. That's just the way the scoring system is. So I have no problem with people. I get it. And I'm not saying people shouldn't be, like, are unjustified in criticizing the 49-46 score. Because, again, the optics of it are, if you think back control of, uh, again, pretty sustained back control in some of those rounds, immediately gives you the round. Then you scored for Pantoja, no question. But I don't. For me, back control is not automatic win the round, especially if there's other stuff to score in the fight. Which uh, those again, those rounds were not just back control by Pantoja. There was a lot of stuff going on the feet. Watch those exchanges on the feet. Did Moreno? Did Moreno win most of those exchanges? I think he did. So I had a 48-47 Moreno, but I think round one was. Uh, you could have even given me a 49-46 Pantoja, and I, obviously I wouldn't have had a problem with that. That's that's how close and amazing this fight was. So yeah, I get it. I'll, I'll put my neck out there. I'll put my yeah, neck out there with Ben I, Cartledge. I, I, ben Cartledge is a very good judge. Ben Cartledge oh, is a very good tremendous. judge. Oh, he's tremendous. He's one of the best. I know a lot of people didn't like this one. Yeah, did, did not yeah like I don't I don't like that card at all. 48-47 Moreno, I can I can live with that. I can listen to a conversation with that. Um, but 49-46 is just outrageous. It's outrageous. Um, what do we do with Pantoja? There's two options. AK, we could continue on this year of the raw dog. That's one or, option, Mike. <laughs> Okay, is that where you're going? We're going Rod. It's his year. Mike, it's his year. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it, but it's his the year. year. Of who, the it's year Brandon, of who? It's Brandon Royval's year. I got to do this because this was my one of my bull. When we were doing the champion predictions, who's going to be the champion at the end of the year, I went out and said, I said, you know what? I got a feeling Royval's going to make it somehow. I, I, feeling, I wasn't sure who he'd be. I wasn't sure if it'd be Moreno, Pantoja, someone else. I thought he'd have a chance. 
he gets that sweet, sweet backup spot, which according to Dana White, by the Colby Covington rule, guarantees you a title shot, right? So if Pantoja's healthy, and I mean, that was a hell of a war. He might not want to fight again for the end of the year. But if he does, give Roy Val another shot at him. And I think Roy Val gets it done. So I'm going as far as to predict that uh, that it, it is really, really going to be his year. And maybe my wild prediction, one of my wild predictions will actually come true. So I can't really go back on what I said after the flyweight main event we had a, 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 not too long ago. The way I viewed Amir Albazi's win was if Brandon Moreno beats Pantoja, there's no chance Amir Albazi gets a title shot. It's going to go to Brandon Royval. But if Pantoja won, there's a chance he gets it because of timing. Because the UFC is going to Abu Dhabi. Albazi would be over in Abu Dhabi. He would have a lot of support should he fight for the title in Abu Dhabi. And I think the UFC would pony up a couple extra bucks to put that fight on that card underneath Islam Makachev versus TBD. So I'm going with Ali Pants versus Amir Albazi. Even though that fight was a war, if they're going to make Aljamain Sterling turn around in three months' time, they're damn sure going to get Ali Pants to try to turn around in three months' time as well. So I'm going Pantoja versus Albazi in Abu Dhabi. Bren Royval gets the winner of that fight. But there is a world where they, the UFC just says, screw it. We're just going to give Moreno the shot right back. But I think the UFC is going to try to get Albazi fighting for the belt on that card in Abu Dhabi because they're going to need to get some a second title fight and then you know some someone the local the locals can cheer for. So I think that's how this is going to work out. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Now for Brandon Moreno, AK. How do we do this? I have a suggestion. I'm going to throw this out there. I threw this out on the preview on the post fight show. 
not a lot of people may not agree with this, but I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm gonna throw it out there. I say let's get Brandon Moreno out of the title mix for one fight. Let's just get him away. Let's let him do something else. He's been in the mix for this belt for three plus years. Okay, let's do something else. Let's settle the rivalry. Let's just settle it once and for all. Let's move on with our lives and let's just have them fight each other. Let's just do Brandon Moreno versus Henry Cejudo and just get it out of the way. Because if do it at 135, Cejudo beats Moreno, they could play the whole, you know what? He got a win at 135. Now they can, if they want to shoehorn him back into a title fight, they can. Moreno gets to settle the beef. Then he could stop talking about Cejudo forever. Let's just do that. Let's just do that fight. Who gives a shit? It's a fight. It's a rivalry. It could headline a, a, a fight night in front of a crowd. We could do this. It could be on a pay-per-view. Let's just do that. Who gives a shit? Can I say, I I don't care if Henry Cejudo ever fights again. <laughs> I, I'm You're sorry. the man who still has I'm a hater. I'm a hater. And I don't plan. You, our ranking panel looks like a bunch of a-holes now because now he's ranked because of a split decision loss to Alzheimer's Sterling, which, which you could make case he won. It was a great performance coming off the layoff. No argument there. And now he's injured and we don't know when he's going to fight again. So he's just, congratulations, rankings panel of MMA fighting. You just created a new squatter at Bantamweight. You just created a new squatter. He might not fight against the rest of the year. We don't know when he's coming back. And, and he's going to hold on to the spot off a loss, bumping off a deserving Bantamweight because, oh, we have to give him credit for a, a, good, a great fight, a great fight that he didn't win. He didn't win officially, but now he's ranked. Now he's ranked against all these guys. I'm still mad about it. Uh, and I... I, I like I do want to, I I think him and uh, excuse me him Moreno is a great matchup if he does fight again but I honestly don't care I don't I just don't care if he comes back and fights and I want to see Moreno do other things this is a bit easier for me because again uh, I know you went with Albazi so uh, for Pantoja I didn't so I'll have Moreno fight Albazi I mean speaking of split decisions I thought Albazi did great against Kai Car France but that was a fight I a lot of people went the other way They're, they weren't super super convinced. That he was, you know, the next guy to challenge for the title. I'm fine with it. Again, I thought he won fair and square. Kai Car France looked great. Abazi just it was just his day, just slightly, you know, slightly better on the scorecards. Didn't have any real issue with the scoring there. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going with him for Marino. The one thing that I think neither of us, well, you, you touched upon it, but neither of us are really gung ho about, and I don't think it makes sense for the OC right now. Would be an immediate rematch with Pantoja because I hate I hate that. The only reason we really don't want to see it... No, there's multiple reasons. One of the main reasons we really don't want to see it is we just saw Moreno fight the same guy in four of his past five fights. And it seems silly to, again, have him do another rematch. It's kind of happened with Frankie Edgar, too. He just wanted to run up. He'd fight. He'd rematch. He'd fight. He'd rematch. He'd fight. He'd rematch. And it was fine. But you do... I do feel like we've lost out on some Frankie Edgar fights we could have had. And I'm sure there's other people who would want to fight Frankie and didn't get the chance. So... Uh, a rematch with the Pantoja would be awesome. I want to see this fight again so badly. It was my favorite fight of the year so far. Uh, it's just weird. It's just because of the way things have gone. He's fought Pantoja three times now. He just came off a tetralogy. Uh, I just want a fresh challenge. So I'll go with Albazi, but um, I, I don't know if that's the way it's actually going to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Moreno, Nicolau, if they just want to keep things within the division. But listen, the UFC loves a story where friends become enemies and then enemies can become friends after. And this is exactly that. These two were, were thick as thieves. Then the ultimate fighter rolled around. And oddly enough, 
Cejudo picked Pantoja with his first pick and not his friend Brandon Moreno, and the friendship has never been the same. Shit talk left and right. Let's just mix it up a little bit. Who cares? You can sell it. We can sell it. It's easy peasy. You can sell it. Let's go to... Holy cow, man. Drickus Duplessis did it. The man did it. He defied the the odds. He did the thing. More than anyone this year, he may have done the thing. We've been we've been preaching this since October of 2022 after UFC 280. Do the thing. That has been our mantra for MMA fighting. Do the thing. And you might be right, AK. I don't think anybody has done the thing better than DDP did. Only one person believed in this man. Maybe two. It was DDP and Jed Mishu. Nobody else was even getting... We were talking on the preview show about what would be more surprising. DDP, a top five middleweight, beating another top five middleweight, or Bo Nickel losing to a guy he was he was favored minus 2,200 or whatever the hell it was. So, geez Louise, man. DDP did the damn thing. We get the cringy face off with Israel Adesanya, which I wish we never really got to see. But I will say this. Bad. DDP did the thing in that as well. Good little, good little line. He no sold Izzy. He knew Izzy was in the cage the whole time while he was talking to Joe Rogan. Finished the answer. Probably extended the answer by another thirty seconds. And then Joe Rogan goes, "Well, now we know what could be next for you. There's the best middleweight in the world." And then so nonchalantly, DDP goes, "I don't really know about that." It was so good. And then Izzy just went on the Izzy tangent. DP just kind of laughs at him and no sells him. So he probably won the first face off, but TDP did it. AK DDP did it. It's got to be title shot next for him. Right. I don't know if he fights Izzy in Sydney, but it's got to be title shot next. Right. Yeah. When, whenever that one can be booked, whenever DDP is healthy, make it happen. If they can make Sydney awesome. If it has to happen later, Sorry, Australia fans. I know it, it just makes so much sense to have Izzy fight, uh, you know, close, you know, I, I say close, but like in a na- neighboring New Zealand. Um, but it's, if it can't happen, let's not force Izzy to fight someone else next. This is the fight to make. The heat has been there for a while. It's good heat for the most part. Of course, I think as with most people, I'm a little uncomfortable with the racial and political overtones of it. You, 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 you danced around it very well. My best friend, uh, it, it, I didn't. I hated Izzy's approach to it. I've said for the longest time, uh, Israel Adesanya is not this great trash talker. He's not a great like. He's not a super great promo guy. He talks a lot. He talks a lot, uh, and he's not the only one. This isn't just calling out Izzy. This is a, a problem with a lot of uh, supposedly quote unquote charismatic people in MMA. Is it's not that they necessarily are good at talking. It's just that they talk a lot and they say their stuff with conviction. And sometimes that turns out great, and you get some great sound bites. Izzy's had plenty of them. Conor McGregor's had plenty of them. And sometimes you don't get you get the other side of it, and you get some soup, some moments that are just like the most embarrassing things. Again, Conor McGregor has said some super embarrassing things in the cage and outside of it. And Izzy, I don't know what he was doing, dropping all those end bombs on. Uh, it's a pay per view. It's fine. I can do whatever you want. I feel like he was trying to goad DDP into saying something, you know, totally off. And that could have gotten really, really, really ugly. So thankfully, that didn't happen. It might get worse in the future. I don't know. I I wish that you know I could say that they're not going to play that up in the in the future. We know it has. It's going to be a big part of the hype. It's just unavoidable. So um, I love the matchup. 
I'm glad we got it. DDP looked incredible. I was someone who was giving him a really good chance to win, and I still picked against him, and I was shocked. And I, I still was shocked that he won the way he did because I think that was pretty dominant. I think he was getting hit. Sure, he was getting tuned up, but he looked like a truck just walking through some of that stuff and was landing the bigger shots until the finish came. So uh, I'm really impressed. And the UFC, don't drop the ball this time, and you got to just, just do it. Yeah. I mean, for the first three minutes of that fight, we're like, oh, this is just awful booking. What are we doing here? Fight's going exactly the way we thought it would. And then DDP just just chucks Robert Whitaker to the ground and just punches him over and over again and beats the hell out of him, busts him open. You could tell Whitaker was not the same dude coming out in round two. And then it was just the DDP show. He looked – this is not a flash KO. This was – he beat that ass. So props to DDP. Here's the thing. Izzy is going to fight in September. It's happening. There's no way he's not fighting in September. I don't think he's fighting DDP, though. I actually think he will fight Sean Strickland. I think he'll defend the title against Sean. There's no need to rush this fight. Izzy, look, I understand. You know, maybe Sean Strickland wins. Maybe that happens, and it kind of ruins it. Not really, because if Izzy loses, like, you do DDP Strickland, DDP probably wins, and he fight Izzy anyway. So that fight is going to happen. But Izzy's going to fight in September. Otherwise, what the hell are we doing? So I do think we'll get Izzy versus Strickland because there's no need to rush DDP. And then end of the year, beginning of next year, Izzy probably beats Strickland. We get Izzy DDP. We can build it up, give DDP a proper camp. No need to rush him back. And let's just do that. But either way, DDP's next fight will be for the belt. The man deserves it. And if he wins the belt this year, let me ask you this, AK. If Drinkus Duplessis, if DD freaking P, after beating Robert Whitaker, let's just say he fights Izzy next, beats Izzy and wins the middleweight title, is he the fighter of the year? He has to be, right? Listen, if you, your boy Annex said that if he does the turnaround and beats Izzy uh, in Sydney, that he's it's the, one of the it's the greatest achievement in all of MMA history. So, I, I guess he would be the fighter of the year. Uh, and by the, that wasn't even Annex is the best because uh, that wasn't even the most outlandish thing he had to say that night. He also later had to say, "Man, we've got nonstop action coming at you next week: Holly Holm versus Meyer Bueno Silva at the USA <laughs> Payback." And I'm like, I can't, like, I couldn't do that. I couldn't. We, we we praise the UFC broadcast team all the time, but I can't do it enough because listen, they have, they have a job to do. They have a job to do. I could not do that with a straight face. I could not have sold that as we just saw one of the greatest cars in UFC history. And and next week, you want to see that you want the good times to keep rolling? Tune into this UFC Vegas card headlined by Holly Holm and my Mayano Bueno Silva. The only thing he could have done better was say uh, it was an unofficial uh, bantamweight you know title fight. That would have that would have made it even better. But yeah, him. And uh, him and uh, Megan Olivia, I'm always amazed by the stand-up. She, I, it blows my mind how well she does those stand-ups, like with the fighters coming up. Sorry, I'm going off a tangent here, I know. Uh, Rogan and DC, um, uh, the less said the better. They were in uh, fine form on Saturday. Let's let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, Mike, what was the question again? I'm sorry, we were talking I'm, about... No, uh, there, was, there was really no question. I'm going to pull this up because <laughs> someone's calling me a joke for even suggesting that Sean Strickland gets a title shot. Have Is this like your first month watching the UFC? Ooh. Izzy's fighting in September, dude. He is fighting in September, 100%. And yes, we would love to live in a world where DDP is like, you know what? I'll turn around in eight weeks and fight this guy after going after beating the number two middleweight in the world. But Izzy is going to fight on that card. 
And if DDP says, you know what? I don't want to turn around in eight weeks. I want to get a full training camp to fight this guy. But Izzy is going to fight on the card. Who else is he going to fight? Sean Strickland is in play. He's coming off of a win. These two guys have history. The build to that fight will be ugly and weird and something the UFC would love to see. You don't think they would book that fight? I think there's a very good chance that they book that fight. Very good chance. Why would you? I don't think it's crazy. Yeah, it's not crazy at all. I, I hope not because I feel no, I can't stand Sean Strickland, but it's certainly not crazy that it's going to happen. We, I think we said after we were Strickland's win, we thought it was likely, right? We said it was a likelihood. I don't know if it, it wasn't my pick, but I was like, it could very clearly, especially since we thought DDP was going to lose. We we're like, oh, wow, the path is really clear. For a Sean Strickland title shot, and uh, I don't, it's not as clear now, but it was in play as re- as recently as a week ago. So it's not it's not crazy, but DDP. I don't want it, but you're not wrong. DDP went to the post fight press conference and said, "I'm not even talking about Izzy right now. I'm celebrating this big win over a legend. That's what I'm. That's what I'm focused on. I'm not even focused on turning around in eight weeks. Maybe we'll do some media this week and, and talk about it. Believe me." I would love to see the, the, the UFC just postpone everything and just do Izzy DDP and give it a proper build like that's the main event in December. But then why are we going to Sydney? What's the point? It's going to be a pay-per-view. Who's going to headline if it's not Izzy? How are you going to sell tickets if it's not Izzy? How are you going to do it? Are you, do you turn the September 16th card into the pay-per-view and just turn that into a fight night? kind of tough right when you're trying to sell tickets going back to sydney for the first time in a long time it's tough but we'll see how this all plays out i want to make one last note i want to make one last note here right he is getting the title shot it's crazy going back to izzy's like last time he was on the ma hour he said i'm going to manifest ddp winning this fight he said he was wanted to fight so badly he said i'm going to manifest him winning this fight uh he said in the first round it wasn't the first round but i'm going to manifest this fight and when he does I'm going to be right there in the case so he can turn around in September. So the power of visualization is very strong. I'm just telling you. And uh, people like Izzy tend to make these things happen. So if you believe in that sort of thing, and if you saw the look on Izzy's face when the knock on happened, I think there was some sympathy for Rob. I think there was some like satisfaction, like, oh, I'm going to get to fight this guy. And I think he was also having a moment of like, holy crap, I really just made like, I, he probably feels like I really helped to make this happen. And again, I, I don't know if that's true. Again, what's that book that everyone talks about? The the Secret or whatever? I don't know, it's stuff, that, that kind of thing. If you're Izzy though, you were definitely having a moment where you felt like you just changed the universe and gave yourself uh, the title fight you wanted. <laughs> yeah. First of all, Jed Mishu gets all the credit for that. He manifested that well oh, before God. Israel Adesanya did. So <laughs> He's so happy right now. He's the happiest man in MMA media right now. He came right on the watch party and and did the damn thing. He's 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 the BTL champion forever and ever. He can't lose now. He can't lose right now. But DDP, if we need to just put out a new award. The who did the thing best award. It's it's DDP. Even if Izzy just absolutely washes him, it's still DDP. It's still DDP. Incredible stuff. Let's go to another incredible fight that may not get enough attention coming out of UFC 290 because that what this card is all about. Dan Hooker and Jalen Turner. What a friggin' fight that was. Dan Hooker, he's got that animal in him. I can't think of what it is, of the canine variety, AK. What am I trying to say? When he posted an x-ray later, 
Get well soon. <laughs> when he posted an X-ray of his wrist, I didn't look at it at first, what it said, and I didn't. I wasn't paying attention to people saying he got he might have gotten injured during the fight. And when he posted the X-ray, I was like, oh my god, this is another one of those stupid dog in the body X-ray meme jokes. Like, please no. I'm not even gonna say it. I'm not even gonna say it. He does, but I'm not gonna say the line. I'm not gonna say the line, Mike. Dan Hooker's made of steel. I think he's a zombie. And for those who are like, ah, oh, he's he doesn't have a chin anymore. He's Dustin Poirier stole his soul. Apparently he didn't because at one point in the second round, Jalen Turner front kicked him to the face. Like Adam Vinatieri kicked a game winning field goal in the Super Bowl as hard as he could. And Dan Hooker was like, all right, dude, I'm still going to keep fighting. Dan Hooker wins the decision. Completely understandable. Well done. This is easy. AK it's a broken wrist. So he's going to be out for a minute, but it's not an injury that's going to like keep him out for the rest of the year. It's Dan Hooker versus Grant Dawson. It's going down November, December. That's my pick. I love it. I I, just, I think that was my first option, but we just, I think I picked for Dawson last week. I wanted to see him fight. Oh, fizzy, fizzy. So uh, I can't go back and I'll hold on to that for now. I do think the Hooker matchup makes more sense right now. Uh, I, I wish I'd had the foresight to just say Hooker, you know, Turner winner, but here we are. Um, first of all, someone in the comments, AL, just said, got that dingo in him. And uh, that that I can get behind. That I can get behind. <laughs> just 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 mix up the animal. Like they, they just, oh, wait, Do we always have to say dog? Uh, so, yes, since I had to go a different route, I like him and uh, Hanata Moikano. Uh, Moikano is on. recovering from an injury. I think he's doing better now. Uh, depends when Hooker wants to turn around. But this could happen. I think this could happen before the end of the year. And I have been keeping a close eye on Moikano's recovery. But uh, yes, uh, as far as I know, I just kind of did a skim of his social media. Seems to be up on Adam, you know, getting back to some kind of training. It could. I I don't know if he's ready to fight by the end of 2023. But if so, him and Hooker, they're around the same spot. Fun fight. Moicano, it's a money fight for you, buddy. Hooker still got a name. So um, yeah, that's that's a way to go with it. But I, I like the Dawson matchup as well. Hooker for Zeeb's fun. I don't mind that one. Um, we could do Turner Dawson. We could do Turner Moicano. There's there's lots to like here. Lots we could do. Why? Because lightweight's the best division in the sport. It's the best division in the sport. And there's so many different options for both of these guys. The most popular name I've seen in here, AK, in the comments that we haven't talked about is Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel kicks off the main card, just runs over his short-notice opponent in Val Woodburn, just trucks him, didn't even need to take him to the ground. It was just all striking, all punching, knocks him out viciously and just put the main card off to a, a pretty ferocious start. So I'm curious, AK, he was scheduled to face Trayshawn Gore, tore some ligaments. That's why Gore couldn't fight. Do we go back to that or do we move on from Trayshawn Gore and go a different direction? The, the amount of suggestions and the variety of suggestions and the range of suggestions that I have seen are everywhere. I've seen everything from rebook Trayshawn Gore to let's just throw him in there with Sean Strickland, AK. I have a feeling you're somewhere in the middle. Maybe not. I don't know. But where are you at with Bo Nickel? What's his next move after this quick win? Yeah, you can go anywhere with it. He's he's not your average normal prospect. Um, I see a lot of people frustrated a little bit with like, oh, how many, how many you know, quote-unquote cans are we going to give him? How many, you know, uh, 3-0, 4-0, 7-0, whatever guys with so little experience are going to give him? And it's like, I mean, technically, you could give him a couple more 
<clears throat> he's only five MMA fights, uh, th- five MMA fights into his pro career, seven and a couple of amateur bouts, right? That's that's not a lot, but we can't ignore the hundreds of uh, high level uh, amateur wrestling bouts, which, which again, to me is, you know, it's not MMA, but that is a lot of combat sports experience. So, uh, and again, and the way he's looked at MMA, just going based on results, no one's made out of the first round with him yet. He's been an absolute destroyer. He's looked as advertised. He just looks super legit. So, I actually leaned more towards the aggressive side with this matchmaking. I went with I, I did go with Sean Strickland, which is why I didn't bring him up earlier as a possibility for um for some of our for uh Damn. For anyone else for the yeah I, I, I'll say it again. I don't like Sean Strickland. I don't like him. I don't like him. So this is this is me. This is me wanting to see Bo Nickel smash this dude into the dirt. However, that's not guaranteed. Sean Strickland has a lot more experience than Bo Nickel. Uh, and that matters. That, that MMA experience matters. Like I, I, I think Nickel would go in favored. I think he'd be like probably at least minus two hundred. I think, which is crazy when you think about it. Again, he's five and zero in MMA. Sean Strickland is twenty seven and five. Thirty two MMA. If, if Bo Nickel were not Bo Nickel, again, he didn't have this other you know combat sports background uh, so that's so well known, so well recognized in, in the U in the United States. Um, he would like you wouldn't sanction a five and zero guy versus a, a, a twenty seven and five guy. That's like crazy. And Sean Strickland could very realistically win this fight. Uh, uh, Nickel probably takes him down. Nickel is again a really good striker. Who knows? We know we know he's got hands now. Maybe Nickel has more power. Maybe Nickel um, can knock him out. But I mean, in a striking battle, you you can't say he's going to overwhelm Sean Strickland. Like you can't just assume that's going to happen. And Sean Strickland doesn't have terrible takedown defense either. So he's never dealt with a a, a Bo Nickel coming at him, but. So I like it. It's intriguing. I like because it it's a way to, to fast track Bo Nickel. Uh, it's a way for Nickel again to <laughs> take out a guy who has a pretty pretty divisive fan base. Some people love Sean Strickland. Some people hate him. Either way, people are always talking about him. Uh, and at the same time, it could also just be a reality check. Maybe Sean Strickland takes Bo Nickel out, and then and then we get a, a real gauge on where Bo Nickel's at. So I'm totally ready to throw him in there with a the top ten opponent, and, and uh, Sean Strickland makes for a great choice. I think. Not gonna happen. I, I just don't see it. Um, at worst, I think Strickland gets Whitaker if he doesn't get the title fight, but Strickland is, I don't, I just don't think he's going to take like Strickland is just like, yeah, dude, I'll do whatever. But at this point, like with the, the fights he's taken him stepping in on like a week's notice to save main events, fighting a boost Maga Madoff fight that somehow got him reward, but very little in terms of like appeal from the casual viewer. And then to go fight Bo. Now, if I'm Sean Strickland, I'm calling for that fight because if you're going to get him, I'm going to play the rule that you said about Hamza Shemaev. You go and call him out now because the more he fights and the more his confidence grows, the more dangerous he's going to get. And usually I'm the one willing to give more of the step up and you're more of the safer pick. I'm more of the safer pick here. Uh, It's not Treshawn Gore. It's not Sean Strickland. I'm probably going right in the middle of those two. An exciting veteran who is not going to be afraid at all uh, to get in there and mix it up with Bo Nickel. Not great takedown defense, but a dude who's got some chaos that will push Bo back a little bit, or at least attempt to. Because I want to see a guy turn, just go after Bo Nickel. We have not seen that at all yet. Might not be the most popular pick, but I think it's a good step up. Puna Soriano. Let's do Puna. Get him in there. Get the crazy Hawaiian in there after him. Bo will probably win that fight. Goes and beats Puna. Then we can go top 20. Wins that fight. Then we can start talking top 15 and giving him a push. But it doesn't seem like 
the UFC is really in any rush here to get him up there. It doesn't seem like Bo's in any rush. I see a lot of suggestions, a lot of doo-doo picks. Gerald Mearshart, booked. Fluffy Hernandez, booked. Uh, Jack Hermanson's interesting, but I think if there's a ranked guy, it's probably Hermanson. Brandon Allen, no. Vieta, maybe. Kiefer, no. They're not going to do that. Yeah, I, I, I think you could do a boost. Winner of Jiraiya versus Young, not bad. I think Puna's a good one. I think Puna's a good one. If he wins that, yeah. maybe we do Gregory Rodriguez or somebody like that. Wins that, then we're off to uh, then we're off to the top fifteen AK. Yeah, that's that's around the right level. Again, for me, I normally do like the the you know your three. You, if you go three and zero, I give you the bump up. So I'm I'm definitely being a little more aggressive with Bo than usual. He's only two and zero plus a contender to a couple of contender series wins. If you want to, I don't know, add that to his UFC resume. I don't. I think it's a separate thing. Uh, <laughs> two things on this though. One, I'm not. I know Whitaker's. I, I know Strickland's probably gonna fight Whitaker. I. I, I am not ready, Mike, to see uh, Robert Whitaker lose a split decision to Sean Strickland in an empty UFC apex. I'm not at that stage in Robert Whitaker's career. That's going to make me super sad. Sadder than seeing him get just like smoked by DDP. I mean, DDP, at least that fight was really fun. I just think <laughs> Strickland Whitaker could be okay. But I, if Strickland beat him in an empty apex, what a disservice that would do to this legend's career. And um, the other, what else? Oh, my gosh. What was the other point I was going to make? Um, it, it's lost to me, Mike. Let's let's move on. I, I had I had some some inane gag I was kind of probably going to make. It's not important. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, Mirshard is fighting um, Andre Petrovsky in Boston, August nineteenth, UFC two ninety two. Fluffy Hernandez fighting Chris Curtis, September sixteenth in Las Vegas. Uh, so someone suggests Brad Tavares. I don't mind that. Oh. I don't mind that one. I just I just remember what I was going to say. <laughs> there we <you> go. <laughs> I had the horrible thought. I was looking at my rankings. What if oh, they no. matched him up with like, like Edmund Shabazian? That would be the most sadistic matchmaking in MMA history, right? That's, that'd be like, that'd be like we know Edmund. We know, if that happened, it's like we know Edmund made someone angry. Like Edmund. Yeah. Okay. To go from the to go from the lowest ranked middleweight to all right now we boost his confidence. Let's throw him in there with a suffocating grappling machine to like Anthony Hernandez, yes. and then we'll give him to Bo Nickel. Oh my God. <laughs> That'd be you wild. Test them. Listen, you got to test that developing takedown defense, right? It's it's it, this is for, this is for Edmund. Okay, this is doing Edmund a favor, I think. Maybe they'll call Kevin I'm, Lee and be like, Kevin, you want to stay in the UFC? You have to bump up to eighty five and fight Bo Nickel after hey. just getting run by Renat Vakratinov. Good lord. <laughs> uh, let's go to the wild card round, AK. We're running short on time, so I want to give okay. the peeps some time. Uh, we will pick one fighter we've not match made for yet. And we'll match break for him right now. So, peeps, get your stuff in. Let's go. What's your wild card pick for UFC 290? Yeah, let's give one of our peeps some time now. Let's go. Let's 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 segue into it because I I Denise Gomez. I've mentioned every underdog possible on a preview show, Mike. I like I was like I was like man, I was like could could Cameron Simon lose to Terrence Mitchell? And the one underdog I missed mentioning is the one who did again. The I think uh, the biggest upset behind DDP, Denise Gomez, is running through Jasmine Har- Har- Haragi. That was fantastic. So. Is it gonna happen? I got her with is this it? Is this it? I don't is this know. The first one? Did we did you do Corey McKenna? No, I didn't. Oh, I did McKenna. I don't know where McKenna's been all year. She hasn't fought since December. They're both 23. Gomez is actually younger. Corey McKenna looks like a like a baby, but Gomez is actually younger than her by a few months. 
And uh, just it, it just makes sense for both of them at this stage of their career. So that's why I went with it. But uh, Mike, before you give your Gomez pick, no, go ahead. You give your Gomez pick, and then I want to mention something uh, a listener sent in. Like I, I, I try for the most part to get fighters to match up. They're both coming off of wins, but in a division like this, we're moving up the ladder. We need to get some name value and a step up in actual competition. Julian Robertson. Julian Robertson. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a top. Yeah. If she wins, she's in the top fifty. She beats Jillian Robertson. Yeah. So yeah, Jillian, I think that's, the, that's the right step up for DC. Jillian needs a little bit of a course correction after that uh, that loss to the Baby Shark. Uh, yeah, that was not I a still, good fight. I, I still think Jillian. She's just inconsistent. I still think there's a there's a contender in there somewhere. But I, you know, she's 15 fights in her UFC career. Maybe it's not happening. But I like the chance. Well, she's gonna have to be on her p's and q's if she's fighting Denise Gomez. So that's for damn sure. That's for yeah. damn sure. Uh, I just want to shout out Chase Kala, who said, give me Denise Gomez versus Michelle Watterson Gomez. I said, Ooh. Gomez on Gomez. He said, winner keeps the name and gets spelling preference because Denise Gomez with an S, Michelle Watterson Gomez with a Z. And then I upped the ante. No, Denise has to add Watterson to her name if she loses. If Denise Gomez loses to Michelle Watterson Gomez, she becomes Denise Watterson Gomez. That is what the people want, that na- naming rights. So shout out to Chase Kala. Thank you for that uh, that listener suggestion. All right, let's get into this. Uh, Menafield Roundtree Dacus winner Tyra versus Sumaderji Simon versus Sahabi. Oh, you like Simon versus Sahabi? I like. That. I like it a lot. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like. I just like. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a mark for uh, Alaskan MMA. I think that's a problem. I, I think I've picked Alaskan MMA fighters to win their debuts a lot, and I keep forgetting maybe it's not the hottest, uh, hottest scene. But shout out to Alaskan MMA. And shout out to the amazing Robbie oh. Lawler retirement package. We waxed yes. for about thirty minutes about that in the post fight show. Well, what are your thoughts I have on to- it? uh loved it it was fantastic it was it was the we saw robbie they finally got him he was kind of keeping it together he finally started crying and i was making this joke too i just want to shout out someone sending in their first pick <laughs> justin with a y welcome to the party pal he says uh robbie lawler <laughs> versus mike perry and bare knuckle it's not gonna happen no no no, no no it's no. not gonna happen robbie's done fighting i want to firmly believe this uh but if it happened uh i'd watch it <laughs> Yes, everyone would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gomes versus Lagoon Me. Don't mind that. Gomes versus Angela Hill. I don't. Angela mind Hill that. will take it. Angela Hill yes, will take did. any fight. So, she, and she probably—I would favor Angela Hill in that fight. I, I like Denise Gomez a lot. I just think that's that's a big step up. Kobe, Izzy, DDP, Volk, Ilya, Hooker, Moicano, turn Randy Brown at welterweight. Nickel, Kayo, Baralio. Could do that. Simon's a hobby. Bahayos mentioned him, right? He's—I think he said he spoke to to Gui. I think about and said like these guys hype or something, right? I don't want to put words in Kyle's mouth, but yeah, I think um, when Bo needed an opponent, Kyle was like, "I'll do it, but pay me oh, more yeah, money." Yeah. Uh, Tyra Nascimento, Rivovich Naimov, other Tyra Nascimento here. Uh, Tristan Hadegi versus Belbita. Still believe in Yasmin. She just got. Yeah. She got shot by Gomes. De- Denise Gomez had the perfect game plan. Just come out and start firing. Just come out and start because she was an underdog. Maybe, maybe, maybe Yasmin's a more skilled striker. I don't know because Denise is an awesome striker, but you wouldn't have you wouldn't have found out on Saturday because Denise Gomez did not give her a chance to set up anything, set up range, set up counters, get in there, start throwing fists, and hope for the best. Rebook Simon Rodriguez, sure. Yeah, uh, Tyra versus Alex Perez. I'd watch that fight. Woo. I, I still think it's too soon. I love, I, and I'm not dogging Tyra for uh, gutting out a tough decision win. If anything, this was great to see for a guy who's only, I think, 23 years old still. He's so young. That's the kind of test you need at this stage of your career. I, I don't think he's ready for Alex Perez yet. I think that's a, 
it'd be interesting, but I would heavily favor Alex Perez. I'm curious what Alex Perez is up to and what his plans are. Oh, yeah, great, good point. Someone mentioned uh, Gomes already fought Luke Boone, me, and Luke Boone, me beat her. Um, and that oh, that's true. right. Forgot all about that. And I, I have I have Luke Boone, me. I want to see Loma fight uh, Carolina. So, yeah, I like uh, that. In my mind, they're in my mind, they're booked, even though that's not uh, actually a real fight yet. More uh, Bo Nickel, Hidalfo, Vieta. That'd be so interesting. I do think his wrestling's way too much for Adolfo Vieira, as much as I, as much as I love Vieira's ground game. I know it has that intrigue of like, oh, would he really want to go to the ground with Adolfo? Well, listen, we know he doesn't have to because he's shown it. This wasn't the first time he's like shown hands, by the way. If you watch the contender series fight, he's got he's got the hands. It's not it's he, he is an amazing athlete too, which is we always say in MMA is a huge plus. He's a top. He's probably one of the top athletes in uh, UFC right now, and that gives you a big advantage. You saw poor poor uh, Woodburn. Credit to Woodburn for not getting taken down. But that dude was yeah. moving in slow motion compared to Bo Nickel. It was it was crazy. It was, he was so slow compared to Bo Nickel, and that's not an insult to Woodburn. That's just how athletic like Bo Nickel is. It's, it's wild. All right, two more minutes. Uh, so mm-hmm. fireless picks in Alex McAdam. Uh, fantasy welterweight book: Jalen Turner versus Jeff Neal. Win or lose against Ian Gary. Be interesting. Mike, let me shout out someone from an email just because they're from Australia, obviously very invested in watching this card. Uh, Zoe, shout out to Zoe from Australia. First time picks go easy on me. Hopefully no doo-doo. Volkanovsky versus Makachev. Sure, fine. Uh, Rodriguez, Arnold Allen, Pantoja, Raw Dog 2. Who's the Raw Dog, Mike? Who is this guy? Moreno, Kaikar, France 2, DDP, Izzy, Whitaker, Brendan Allen, now that he's no longer the middleweightiest middleweight. Hooker, Fazeev, Turner, Favola, Nickel, Bruno Silva, Menafield, and Zuchukwu, Woodburn, Al-Hassan, Gomez, Yoder, Simon, Cody Stamen. Thanks, guys, for all the great content you gave us day in and day out. We love you in Australia. Mike, they love us in Australia. Nice. Simon, Cody Stamen's interesting fight. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. He called out for Cody Garbrandt. Maybe he gets that. I don't know. Uh, Kyle versus Bull, the right answer. Nico Price versus Mike Ballot or Brian Battle. Ooh. Sure. Yeah. Props to Nico. Props to Nico for, for, for coming forward, by the way, and taking those Robbie Lawler punches. Uh, I, I'm not saying he did the job like in pro wrestling, but he certainly gave Robbie every chance to knock him out, and uh, that's exactly what happened. So, Nico, you're a hero. I hope you got a big bonus backstage. Price Malad is a good shout. I picked uh, Kevin Lee versus Mike Malad. Like, if they're going to give Kevin Ooh, Lee one more, yes. throw him in there with Mike Malad. Yep. Um, name value. Malad beats him. It gets the name value rub. If Kevin Lee wins, that's, that's like a pretty good win. Mm-hmm. When is Gamrot Fazeev happening? Nothing has been announced. No, um, Simon Rodriguez, Rebook Rebovich, Torres, Nickel, Greg Cup. Ooh, Manifield, I thought about that too. Volkan Azamat. Okay. I think I think Nickel. I think Greg, uh, Gregory Rodriguez, great choice. I just like Gregory Rodriguez a lot, so I didn't I didn't want to see that happen, but it's a logical next step for him as well. Yeah. Uh, someone's suggesting maybe Ian Gary getting the uh, Jalen Turner fight. Bo Nickel, Julian Marquez. I thought about that one. That's not a bad. That's not a bad pick. I. That's not bad. I actually rank Puna slightly higher than Marquez. Not a lot, mm-hmm. but slightly. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Nursultan. No, I think I actually think like Nursultan. <laughs> yeah. Sultan's about to put the boots to Abus. Probably that's how I would book him uh, after that win. I like the suggestion though, just because of five MMA fights versus like. 50 MMA fights. I just think it'd be cool. Look, it would look funny on the screen, but now nah, probably that's that's, crazy. I don't see that happening. Jalen Turner and Matu Trebechki would be whole. Oh, wow. Yeah. Are we, that's I, good I like, 
I like the people suggesting though that Turner go up to. I I, I don't. I think he should go to welterweight as well. It's hard. He's twenty eight now. I mean, he was young, you know when he it, it's it when you're the older you get, the tougher it gets. Uh, it's hard for him to make. He's he's an enormous. I, props to him for making as many times as he did, but maybe it's time to stop making that cut down to one fifty five. It affected him. It affected him in this fight. I, I you can't convince me otherwise. Marbo versus Strickland, Whitaker versus Strickland, Jalen Turner versus Wonderboy at 170. Wonderboy's booked. Uh, all right, I think we're done because I have to check out of here. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. So Great picks, uh, guys. Great picks, everyone watching. You're the best. You're the best. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff indeed. So thank you all very much. Um, we're done. MMA hour tomorrow. You'll find out the lineup in the morning. I'm sure it's going to be a damn good one. And... You guys are just the absolute best. So, uh, AK, you're my best friend. When are you on vacay? Uh, starting tomorrow. So, guys, you'll probably, hopefully, Mike, have a guest host. I hope, I, you know, I know you can handle the show by yourself, but I, hopefully, maybe Jed Mishu, you know, he's ably filled in a couple of times. So, I will miss at least a couple of on to the next ones. Uh, but uh, I, I will think of all of you fondly. And, and matchups will be dancing in my head as I, as I travel. Uh, as I travel around Japan. So uh, yes. I won't, it won't be long. Don't forget guys, tough hang too. tough hang. Also Mike, Mike, I believe you'll be doing some ultimate fighter coverage on the website. Yes. My best friend. Thank you so much for just for you. If it was anybody else, I wouldn't do You're it. The best. But, but for my You're best the friend, best. I, I will absolutely do it. But uh, all right, we're done everybody. Thank you so much. Back next week for on to the next one. We'll have more fun. We will uh, recap UFC Vegas 77 headlined by the highly anticipated Holly Holm versus Myra Bueno Silva matchup. All that much more next week right here on On to the Next One. The, the podcast. Oh, my voice is done. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. You are the absolute best. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.